Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Wednesday night edition of the pod. We're going to review our over-under picks. I have roasted Danny in this two years in a row. I suspect it will not be the same this year. We'll have to tally them up as we go through all the teams. And we'll also look at what some of our best and worst bets were, try to analyze where we went wrong, as we so often do. And then we got to talk a little bit just about what happened today. Very quick update on the playoff race and news around the association as well. We're sponsored today by stamps.com. Use that cap space code. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in cap space, and you can get their special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Well, let's start in the East, Danny, where it looks like we did a little bit better than in the West. And we'll try not to try to cut into an ad right at a key moment of this podcast. We'll try to make sure, make it a little bit more organic. (laughs) That was incredible. How can that happen? Like Josh Hart is going in for the game-winning layup at the exact moment that he releases the shot. There's just some guy shaving or something. (laughs) It was was hilarious. I I, I, I tweeted it out a second. I I thought for a second I hallucinated it because I'm like, this is impossible. But that's kind of like this Atlanta Hawks season. They are the first of the six teams that we disagreed on. All six of those have resolved, so you can enjoy listening to those over the course of this podcast. Their over-under was set at 25 and a half. I went over on the logic that I thought their defense was going to be solid, and that was just not many wins. I thought, you know, they could have a 28-win season, something like that, and still, you know, they could have a bad year and still go over, and I was wrong. Yeah, the tank has certainly come into play down the stretch. Had it not been for that and for some injuries, you may well have been right. Their net rating wasn't that bad uh, negative 5.9 so that was fifth worst in the league but they are steaming towards a top three pick now so uh, this is one could have really gone either way i'm not going to crow about this one going under too much uh, although definitely their offseason moves smacked of tanking and so you had to think uh, although we weren't really sure whether coach bud would be on board with that as it turned out he definitely was and then once dennis schroeder went down at various times or was taken out of games that he was really performing well in uh, they weren't going to win so They've fulfilled their goal of getting, it looks like, a, a top three seed in the lottery with Orlando's epic double tank win tonight. I, I actually watched some of that game. God, was that just horrendous. We could talk about that a little bit when we get to the news section. But um, not a huge deviation from what we thought here. 
with Atlanta. I don't think we need to talk much more about them, frankly. I think you could make an argument that our luckiest win, quote unquote, was the Celtics. Their over-under was set at 56 and a half. We, th- we both thought that was really high because, you know, they had a lot of turnover over the year. And then when Gordon Hayward went down two minutes into the season, it looked like basically a lock that the under would, would hold. And it took losing a couple of games right now, you know, losing to the Bucks, losing to the, to the Raptors tonight to really make this unlikely. Boston could still win out and technically go over, but that would, especially now that their seed is largely locked in, I don't expect that to happen. So full credit to Brad Stevens and the Celtics for making this as close as they did. That is truly incredible, but the under will take it. Yeah. And you have to imagine that had Hayward been healthy Kyrie missed a bunch of time both during the season and then he's missed time here at the end Marcus Morris has been out as well so even if Kyrie maybe had been healthy although they've won a bunch of games even without him but also worth noting too that their point differential or should I say net rating it's only 3.8 so that's well below what you would expect even of the number of wins that they're going to get despite all the injuries we thought when Hayward went down that they could be you know a team winning in the mid 40s without him the defense being number one in the NBA was certainly something that we did not see coming at all we thought if anything they would take a step back defensively this year and, and obviously that didn't happen they got great performances out of guys like Tatum and Brown and Rozier in addition to some of the stars they had Kyrie Irving improved even the guys who couldn't really play much offense like Semi Ojale helped out defensively so that was really I think the thing that we missed was that their defense would be so awesome in projecting them the Brooklyn Nets sorry do you have something else oh and and the awesome clutch performance Uh, oh yeah a lot of that driven by by Kyrie uh especially early in the year yeah that's a good point to bring up the team whose pick they had for most of this for most of the last couple years the Brooklyn Nets their over under was set at 28 and a half that just seemed a little high to both of us even though Brooklyn did not have the tank incentive due to their pick then being owed to Cleveland. They are going to go under. It is somewhat close because they need to win out to, to theoretically go over and they might win three out of four, but I don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee in their next game. So I'm comfortable putting this in the success column for us. And the Nets just were under talented. And remember, they also lost Jeremy Lin early in the season. So this, this could have easily swung if he had been healthy. Yeah, th- that's a great point. And um, they've basically been Brooklyn a little unlikely lucky winning 3.2 games fewer than expected based on their net rating per cleaning the glass so had they that not been the case they could have been really right at the over and this wasn't one we knew that they weren't going to tank although they have really sucked down the end of the year anyway and they seem to have a history of doing that even all three of the years when they haven't had their pick so again this was one that was kind of a toss-up i don't think that we you know we didn't see spencer dinwiddie coming russell missed time lynn missed time we thought their bigs were going to really be terrible they kind of were but they're able to paper it over it a little bit with the unexpectedly good play from jared allen and and playing hollis jefferson at the four they stayed relatively healthy other than lynn this year uh, as well no major injuries so they were pretty much right about as expected i wouldn't crow about us getting these this one right either i definitely wouldn't crow about the next one because we got it wrong and charlotte eight games under 500 in close games and that's defined five points or less in the last five minutes 16 and 24 if that even goes to 500 this looks different but they're they were under the 42 and a half a little while ago and so we we missed on this 
this one. They also have had some injury bugs at times, but this has been somewhat of a lost season. That's why it was so dispiriting for us because we both liked what they could be this year. Yeah, I think I had them at, remember we did this at the very beginning of October. And at that point, I predicted them for 44 wins. Thankfully, we didn't go with them as one of our best bets this year. But then I actually lowered it to 42 once we found out about the Batum injury. Uh, That was right before the season when we did our preseason predictions. But they ended up even lower than that. Even though they've been unlucky, their expected wins right now only 40 per cleaning the glass. So even if you we want to cry bad luck, they still were worse than we thought they would be. And so much of that, of course, had to do with the, their massive bench struggles throughout most of the season. And you know, other than that, I mean, I think we just perhaps slightly overrated every player on this roster just a little bit. You know, there haven't been any individual performances that have just been so awful. Excluding Michael team, Carter other Williams. Other than a backup point guard. <laughs> Yeah, other than the guy who shot like 28% this year. Um, Let's get to the Bulls now. We knew they were going to tank their asses off, but we didn't know that Miritich was going to get injured at that point i only predicted them for 22 so i was barely over uh they uh, of all the teams they were probably the most adamant in their offseason actions to indicate that they're going to tank and well and levine was out for the un- for for a while we didn't know how long yeah no that that's true too and i mean they've gotten better performances from a lot of people than expected right miritich was unbelievable for them when he did play after uh you know the one-two punch incident bobby portis has been better than expected robin lopez has been very steady chris Dunn done marketing like a lot of the guys have actually played better and if the bulls weren't tanking absolutely as hard as they could be right now and if they hadn't had a, a lot of injury issues they are at a pretty ugly point differential though uh they've won 4.2 games more than expected and uh they're already at 27 and 51 so they're well over that 21 and a half we didn't have them going this far over but if they had just been closer to that expected wins they'd be kind of right around i think where people thought for them but that is in part because they tanked so epically hard uh down the stretch here and still have won a bunch of games they weren't supposed to the Cavs line was set at 53 and a half i you and i both just thought that was too high considering everything that was in play with this team the irving trade had already happened so and that was with all the delays related to Isaiah Thomas's injury. I think it was kind of in that in that time that we knew he was going to be out, but we didn't know how bad it was going to be. And part of the reason, you know, so you could go in two ways. Like one, the Cavs looked absolutely awful and Kevin Love missed a bunch. Of, they've had a lot of injuries, but also Cleveland has actually outperformed their point differential by the highest amount in the entire league due to LeBron's excellence in the clutch. So this is kind of close. I mean, it, it ended up being a little bit closer than maybe we thought early in the season, but I still think we had the right logic and we had a good chance of winning it yeah regular season lebron on defense i mean even we didn't think they'd be 29th on defense sure. this year i mean that's that's pretty incredible and i thought with it they'd be better than fifth offensively too uh so their overall differential is 17th in the nba right now uh, plus 0.7 also very interesting that just in general here there have been so many more winning teams. I mean, this is the year when these teams at the bottom have just tanked so hard. I mean, and it's not like there have been any teams that are like so horrible. You know, we're not going to have any teams winning in the teens this year, but so many teams winning in the 20s and so few in the 30s that it's just, if you're any good at all, you just have so many automatic wins on the schedule. I think I read today that this year is going to set the record for most teams over 500 in league history, 18. 
Yeah, I think that that sounds right. And, you know, the, I mean, 60% of the league is over 500. That's that's incredible. Yeah. A team that is not going to be over 500 this year, the Detroit Pistons, they are one of the three that I still have classified as in flux. They need to win two out of their last four games to go over. Their remaining schedule is hosting Dallas at Memphis, Toronto, and Chicago. So I expect them to, but until it's actually done, you know, with, with Detroit, they got worked a lot of the game today against the Philadelphia. Philadelphia 76ers and they don't really have um, that much to play for at this point they looked pretty dispirited in the game that I saw so I expect them to go over and thus for us to actually kind of backdoor cover the equivalent of that in over under but they haven't done it yet well in fact we I, I forget about you but I had them as a playoff team actually with the eighth seed although it was only winning 39 games only over by 0.5 and this was another one of those ones that was right on the borderline obviously a ton of things happened to them reggie jackson getting hurt again the trade for blake griffin which really did not improve them in the slightest it seemed like they had a really nice start to you then they had that horrible losing streak then they had another losing streak now they're actually playing well again up until just uh, this last game against the sixers today so they've kind of been about what we expected it just seems so much more disappointing because there's been eight teams that are better than them rather than seven two of which we will get to very shortly one of which we'll get to right now the indiana pacers this was one of our disagreements and it was i believe the first over to hit the entire year because it was set at 31 and a half and they are going to get close to 50 wins this year yeah i had them i wasn't like way way under on them but i thought that they were going to have one of the worst offenses in the league and and so much of what's happened with them is just victor oladipo turned into like an all-star level of player like a very good all-star level player like not backing his way in nobody saw that coming kp wrote an article on how it's really one of the greatest improvements that we've ever seen from someone mid-career like this i had them initially with 31 wins so i was only under by 0.5 and we did the pod together so i have your prediction for them which was 33 so uh you were more over than i was uh under i mean it, it, and you know again i i think like what was your thinking and going over do you remember well i just liked their collection of talent overall it wasn't any individual player i i don't know that i really st- stuck on this but what i think has been so interesting about their season is that they have all the like a lot of capable shooters but not any you know single dominant guy you know Oladipo has been great as a scorer overall and that idea of an offense was intriguing and then defensively i wasn't really sold on it but i didn't think they were going to be like bottom two so i liked their talent i mean you know i've loved miles turner for such a long time and i don't know i i also thought that be due to their incentives with the front office and everything i thought they might push a little harder than some of these teams and that but i think i remember that i said they would be close enough at the all-star break that they wouldn't push as hard to the bottom as everybody else did and that they might just pick up a couple extra games which they did but they already had you know 40 so didn't that didn't swing it yeah i mean this yeah the other thing too that is uh i thought that their big man depth was going to be a real problem and the emergence of Sabonis really helped that also so that that was another thing that we missed on them but I mean this team is going to win mid 40s uh so we we missed on a lot with them as did many others of course one that I think we got a little closer to right the Miami Heat 43 and a half they're right on it right now they're I think they're at 43 right now so they need to win one more game I expect that they will so I think the what has been interesting with me is if you had told me that this was going to be they're healthy you know Whiteside has missed some time waiters of course has missed a lot of the year but everybody else 
has been relatively healthy. I would have expected them to win more games. I would have thought they would have been because the, my the reason I had them a little bit lower, you know, I had them still in the mid 40s was the idea that they just had so many guys that were injury risks. So that is somewhat of a disappointment, but I still like their talent and there was a reason we both went over. Yeah, I went over by a little bit more. I had predicted them for 47 wins. Looks like they're going to finish at either 45 or 46 most likely. They only have 3 games left though. Um so 46 would be the most that they could get. So so they won't actually meet my prediction but it did seem like part of the reason i liked them was what you were just talking about they had so much depth that it, pretty much anyone other than Dragic, and i felt like they're going to be in great shape and they're going to defend they're going to have a good defense no matter what and in fact they have had the fifth ranked defense in the nba per cleaning the glass the offense has disappointed a little bit we thought that their three-point shooting might come back to earth some which in fact it did but just they seemed like a team that had a pretty high floor to me and i thought that that floor was kind of you know around 500 it was very hard for me to see them going worse than 500 especially because they added some players in the offseason and that depth was really important i think we've seen more from bam as well and he i, I didn't expect much from bam this year I thought it would be more Olenek taking the lead, and but both those guys I think have done well. We can move on to the Bucks. You and I both liked them, I think, more than we thought a lot of people did. But forty-seven and a half was just too strong a number, and I think that bore out. I mean, they have the talent to win more than forty-seven and a half games, and they did. Jason Kidd was their coach for a lot of this year. He got fired earlier than I anticipated, but other than an early boom, that didn't end up being the the godsend that it could have been. So it looks like they're going to fall a little short of this number. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I predict them for 44 but we didn't know remember that the eric bledsoe trade was going right. to happen if we had known that that was going to happen we might have said that they were going to hit this number they did not there was some inkling that maybe that trade could happen uh although remember back then with phoenix it wasn't clear that bledsoe was going to demand a trade or any of that uh you know phoenix has been through a lot this year too as we'll get to but for the bucks yeah i mean i definitely would say that if you want to just look at their talent 48 wins seems a little bit more realistic but there are just a lot of reasons to not not believe in them starting with their defense and the defense has of course been there and doing yeah you know, and yet if you look at what some of their individual players have done Giannis has been even better this year than I think we thought he would be and that's why this Milwaukee season has seemed like such a disappointment I mean to go under their over under by you know whatever it is two and a half games you wouldn't think oh that's like coach getting fired territory also worth noting though that their point differential has been worse than that they've actually won 3.6 games more than expected so really they've played like a 500 team throughout most of the season in terms of their point differential so that should be noted as well as part of the disappointment but when you look at how good Giannis was offensively from the jump that's what kind of makes this seem like more of a disappointment than it might have been at the start of the year but for all that I just didn't see them defending well enough I didn't think they would have the spacing so I, I think that's one that we got fairly right here the Knicks technically could reach their over they're not going to they would have to win out and if Porzingis had stayed healthy, I mean, early in the year, the Knicks were looking a lot better than they are now. And then everything kind of fell apart once he got hurt. Their overrunner was set at 30 and a half. They're going to go under that. And I don't know that we need to say more on it other than they, I think they were better than I expected with Porzingis and then almost exactly as I expected without him. Yeah. And obviously they've been tanking pretty hard as well since then. I think with Porzingis, a lot of it was just tied to his performance being so good early on as well. And they've gotten like some big contributions from guys like michael beasley that you just never would have expected to see but porzingis kind of fell off even before the injury or or you could say because of some of the less severe injuries that he suffered before the acl 
what we really i would say were the most off on for them was just that their offense i recall was like top 10 for a fair you know the first couple months of the season which and i thought they would be you know clearly in the 20s in both and when you're in the 20s on both you know it's really hard to get over 30 wins and uh that's why we went under not saying that we got this one perfect uh especially because they've had to tank so hard to get to this number and because porzingis toward the acl they probably would have been over they probably wouldn't have tanked as hard if you were around but that's in fact what ended up happening orlando i was a little bit rosier before this number came out that yeah do you do you remember this actually i think i talked you were going to go over and i that is correct yeah i was i was thinking 34 35 and then they and then you and then i we started going through their roster i think that's what happened i just went oh no no what it was was they were like way over that's what it was yeah last year they'd won like 29 games last year and i was like oh actually they had the point differential of a 24 win team so where are these extra 10 wins coming from this year those extra 10 wins never came well despite that you know they started eight and four injuries uh, i talked about this with stein yesterday injuries have really killed them in a way that a lot of people haven't realized i mean terrence ross has basically missed the whole season i mean they really had something going offensively with the up tempo early in the season they suffered like a dj augustine injury that actually ended up setting them back because peyton wasn't as good as as him aaron gordon has missed a lot of time fournier has missed a lot of time Vucevic was playing at least better than the other center yeah i said ross already that he's missed basically since november he's gonna end up missing 60 games or something uh john isaac's been out nearly you know he's gonna have missed probably 50 games or so so i mean that they've just and then they really only probably had seven or eight players and so when you had to dig into the west of Windus and Aaron Aflalos and most spaces of the world that's when it really got ugly for them with better health I think they could have come pretty close to this number and then obviously they started tanking pretty hard towards the end as well though unsuccessfully these last two nights they have won how many of those they had what that stretch of like five double tank games I think they've won like four of those haven't they so it was four in a row and then Brooklyn before that they split them they lost the first two they won the second two. Oh, gotcha. So that's why okay. it feels like a lot in a row, especially because yeah, these two, I think, were back to back and they were just both <laughs> abysmal. I mean, granted, all four of them, I believe, were abysmal games. But yeah, and, you know, that'll be significant for them. I, I think we can move We can move to one that we both got wrong and this might well, be... Yeah, sure. let's, let's do a read here take before, our, before, before we take we, our medicine. We, we can tease... Yeah, yeah, the one that we might have been. Uh, I I had one that I was more off on, uh, but you know, certainly one of our our biggest misses. But you will not miss going to the post office if you just do stamps.com. They bring all of the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can create your account in minutes, and then you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail, as you have done with your book, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't dealt with a lot of physical material in a long time, you know, basically since I was a college student. And with the book, I got a lot of copies from my publisher, and I had to send them out. And Stamps.com was a great way to do that. Had people all over the country that wanted a copy or two or... Or however many. And so I was able to do a lot of the elements that used to take so much time and often t- a specific time of day, which is a pain in consistently. And even for people like us that are a little bit more flexible with what we do and to accomplish all of that from the comfort of my own home and save some money doing it was awesome. Yeah. You have to lease an expensive postage meter. There's no long-term commitments. You can get started with them by using that familiar cap space code 
go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type that code in and you'll get their service by a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale don't forget of course that cat space code and let them know that you came from us so i guess where we went wrong on philly which had a 42 and a half over under they are now projected to get to 51 wins by 538 probably almost certainly going to get to 50 with the way that they're playing depends on whether they beat cleveland or not coming up on friday that'll be a huge game but Joel Embiid just played way more games than we thought you could say that but then of course he ended up breaking his face and he's probably gonna you know I think we were we thought 60 would be the most and what's he gonna end up playing like 63 or something like that so he will meet the highest bound that we thought he could get to but I mean they've been killing it even without him now too Ben Simmons has had a better year than we anticipated JJ Redick has oh, fit yeah. in seamlessly Dario Saric has been huge Covington I mean basically every guy on their team has met or exceeded expectations who is still a part of their rotation and they yeah, also except for faults except he's for the Fultz. only one but well but he I was a rookie really point guard on him as a yeah, rookie I mean, yeah, a, yeah. A, a teenage rookie point guard i think there would have been issues there no matter what the other element that philly did that i think sh- should be appreciated as a part of them going through this over is that they were good enough to get players on the buyout market that really helped them this it, like it wouldn't have taken that much to swing not getting ersan Ilyasova, maybe even not buying on trevor booker or marco bellinelli and you know you lose those guys that could be a couple of games they still with how well Embiid and and the rest of their starters played probably still would have gotten this number but you see those kind of spillover benefits in a way that for tanking teams they go into costs and teams lose more than you anticipate the Philadelphia 76ers have the fourth best net rating in the NBA they've actually won 2.9 fewer games than expected and they've roared through this easy schedule now having won 12 straight and you're right the buyout market thing has been huge because part of the reason they were so bad without Embiid was just they didn't have much depth either Reddick could only play so many minutes they couldn't score without him on the floor their spacing on the second unit was really horrible and Simmons I think has come on being more aggressive in this stint now without Embiid so it's just been a really impressive run i think brett brown's coaching has been underrated as well i think both to get these guys to defend particularly simmons has been impressive to even markel fultz when he's been in there now it hasn't looked bad defensively and given the fact that they have a very limited lineup in terms of spacing a lot of unorthodox players that he's been able to get out of them offensively has been impressive as well a lot of really creative sets to get ben simmons the ball where he needs it to get reddick open going to the post up with Embiid. Embiid's the highest usage post up guy in the league so really just everything has clicked perfectly for this team and i think this was our best bet that they would go under 42 and a half mostly based on the fact that we just didn't see how Embiid was going to play enough games and that they would be awful without him and you know obviously both of those conclusions were quite wrong yeah and the last two teams i actually remember thinking of this together the logic being said toronto's over under was set at 48 and a half washington at 47 and a half and that it felt to me like both for both of them it was certainly an attainable number but a lot of things needed to go right and so for the wizards they didn't not only john will missing time so they played well without him but just you know they they weren't didn't play at that 50 win level for most of the year and then for toronto everything went right 
right. Dwayne Casey's offensive overhaul took incredibly well. They stayed pretty healthy this year. They The bench play and youth development has been phenomenal. So Toronto blows through their, their line and Washington is going to go somewhat under. Yeah, 48 and a half. I, I felt pretty confident about the under. You know, I had Toronto winning in the mid 40s, but their defense has been way, way better than expected. We thought that losing Patterson, who had been a key cog for them, losing Tucker, didn't see necessarily how they are going to defend. The emergence of Fred Van Vliet has been totally unexpected OG Ananobi we weren't even sure probably at the time we did this over-unders podcast whether he's going to play at all he ended up playing a major role for them this season and just the overall defense has been the biggest change I mean we foresaw that Lowry was going to drop off a little bit that's been the case DeRozan took a little bit of a step forward this year though he's cooled off since the the first half of the year but uh, that's what we missed on I mean this has been a a very very powerful regular season team that's probably going to have the most wins now in the Casey era and uh, just clinched the number one seed effectively with their win over Boston today and then Washington even if had John Wall been healthy I'm not sure that they would have beaten this over under and for them I just I didn't really see any reason to believe they're going to be better this year you know and they what did they win last year like 45 44 something like that 43 so I just like I was like why are they going to be better and uh you know Beal has improved a little bit but Markeith I can't I don't think we knew about his hernia surgery at the time we did the show uh but that that set them back initially Initially, they've gotten a little more out of Kelly Oubre. Otto Porter has kind of been what we thought he would be. They've gotten a little more out of the bench, but it's just, it hasn't been that dynamic of a team and their defense really, uh, despite doing well earlier in the season, has really regressed uh, as the year has gone on. So last year, the Wizards won 49 games, but they outperformed their point differential by two. So you could argue they were a 47 win team. They were pretty healthy from what I recall last year. Relative 49 games last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe, yeah, that's right. Oh, it was the year before that they had won fewer they won 41 Um, yeah yeah so I think a a lot of it was just I thought their health was gonna be worse that's what it was like their health was awesome last year and I think a lot of it was well they're gonna be the same type of team but their health can be worse I think that's that's what it was now that I think about it yeah that I think that was my logic as well so for the east with one left to go which I think we're going to we're going to get we both even though we disagreed on a couple we will both we're right now 10-4 and 10 wins four losses and one undecided I think that's going to go into the win column so that's pretty good for the east yeah I thought we, like we, we've had some like really kind of epic fails me in particular uh, this year where we were just way off on some teams but we've kind of like snuck in a, a few of these ones that were toss-ups for up but but you know it's hard to take credit for that when the ones we felt or at least I felt most strongly about I, I ended up getting wrong so that's true um, yeah but some of that luck turns around the other way in the in the west and that I think that starts to a pretty good degree with Dallas I mean Dallas I like their talent I still believe in Rick Carlisle as a coach and they've played their their expected point differential despite everything and their incentives right now they're playing like a 34 win team their over under was set at 35 and a half and they're going they they're going to go under on this so we got to run yeah and certainly the tank has been a big part of it for them of late I mean what they did against Orlando tonight in particular just not playing guys uh they've been relatively healthy this season I know Wes Matthews has fallen off but most of their main guys have played a a fair amount it's just they've been one of the unluckiest teams in league history on pace to win 8.6 games fewer than expected although worth noting that and we thought actually i mean maybe we should have noticed that they because they were tanking i I just i hate like maybe i'll drop a win or two because of tanking but it's like sometimes when we say that 
it applies sometimes it doesn't you know i i I hesitate to rely on that as much as i do just like all right how good do i think this team is going to be when they're actually trying well well, here's here's where i think i'm going to use it if i if i feel like a team has a reasonable chance of making the playoffs then i don't factor i shouldn't factor it in as much but if i think there's a low likelihood like let's say they have a lot of variance within the 30s but that i don't think they're going to get to 40 then maybe it's a good idea to price it in a little bit because it's just more likely than not that they're going to be on the low end of that yeah i I think that's fair although next year a lot could change too where because the the lottery payouts flatten out so much if it's a really bad team then maybe we shouldn't apply it and if they're in the middle then we should i mean it's it's going to be very difficult to do but for dallas i mean i think dennis smith has been about what i expected uh struggled quite a bit throughout the year but came on as things but was still not a very good player uh on the the on-off metrics and you know really hard to have a good defense with dirk i mean the fact that they've gotten to where they are in defense i think they've really exceeded expectations there to be the 16th ranked defense with this squad i mean that is just incredible i thought they could do a little better than 24th offensively but they just and in the half court they're actually above average but they just never run uh which is something that ben falk talked about the other day so yeah i mean this is they've gotten really unlucky but i can't really cry too much because even without that they still would have been below what the over under was with the 35 and a half yeah i mean before the season if you had told me they finished 16th on one end of the floor and 24th on the other would have been like yeah that's about right but it would have been offense and then defense agreed um denver 45 and a half they will need to win three out of four to go over that damn 0.5 is making it pretty rough and they have a tough schedule to finish out here as well um that loss that loss to memphis might cost us this over (laughs) now now it's not fair to point to that one rather than uh i mean because they had an equally improbable win against the bucks the other night where they were down 17 with five minutes left in the game too so i like those things i feel like they even out eventually i'm still bitter Um, if if that's if they end up (laughs) if if they end up like especially because of the stupid half if it ends up at 45 i'm just gonna be bitter and i I enjoy the nuggets a lot so be frustrating in that end and considering what they had to deal with with Millsap missing a bunch of time and the rotations that led to with Plumlee and Jokic playing together too much Wilson Chandler hasn't been himself this year like I think there are a lot of positives we did we talked about this a little bit in the prospects pod that will be coming out shortly but I think there's a lot to that the Nuggets can take out of this in a good way but it's still going to take something for them to go over and that would largely likely coincide with them making the playoffs yeah for Denver I mean the can't cry bad luck there they've actually won they might get about a win more than their expected differential we'll see where they end up but nothing really too crazy there sixth in offense 22nd in defense kind of a right around where we thought they would be maybe if Millsap had played a little bit more they'd be right there I, I didn't expect their bench to be quite as bad as it has been just in terms of the on-off differentials and if they end up not making the playoffs I think it's really going to be more about some of the teams just below them overperforming a little bit I thought that they're in a tier a little bit above those teams but they've underperformed a little bit and some of those teams uh, have overperformed the Warriors were 67 and a half they've just been totally destroyed by injuries I, I think they would have been pretty much right on pace uh, for that I actually had them for 69 wins uh, when Steph Curry has played this season I think they're 40 and 10 
so they really would have been right on pace to, to finish there you were correct though i think just in general that the defense hasn't been although you went over anyway but i think you were talking about they weren't going to push as hard and that they might feel more of a malaise i trusted in their competitiveness and just their overall skill level to trump that uh but that hasn't been the case as it turned out it hasn't i seem to remember feeling very confident though not confident enough to put it in my five best bets that houston would go over 55 and a half i just loved their team and you know that's you could go back and listen to the i think it was the july 4th podcast or something like that whenever they signed pj tucker and or mba mute i just i just was gushing about it and i thought this number was too low it ended up being way too low as they're expected right now to win 66 games have the best they already clinched the best record in the nba and um just a huge season for them and paul and Harden both missed some time this year so that you know it's not like they've been perfect with injuries though I would say they've stayed pretty deep overall like the timing of their injuries largely worked out and they've been just otherworldly when everybody's been healthy yeah number one in offense number seven in defense and that seven in defense I think was higher than a a lot of people thought but I mean they added Tucker and Bob Mute has been better than I think we expected but they won 55 last year and they added Chris Paul I mean not too hard Hard, I mean, to get to what our logic was in picking the over here and then Harden has gone to even another level the Clippers we both felt very good about the under because we didn't trust their health at all heroically they have managed to get to where it's probably about a 50 50 shot that they're going to go over they need to win two of their next four so it probably could happen I forget exactly what their schedule is I think it's pretty tough I can tell it to you on the end so they could go one and four yeah at Utah host Denver host the Pels host the Lakers yeah and the Lakers I mean that could that will be a real game probably maybe on the left although we have seen some of these teams that seem frisky and then just on the last day of the season especially on the road they're just like all right we'll see you later well and and <laughs> so know, like I th- uh, but but the lakers won't really be on the road right i i think that what will happen is if they lose the first the clippers if they lose those first two games they'll just be a little bit down and they will actually rest their guys at the end because they haven't yeah. had a chance to i i think that new orleans game is going to piss a lot of people off that's my read right now is that the clippers are going to lose they're going to be out of it they're going to sit some guys against new orleans and all the other teams are going to cry bloody murder well and if that's i mean they did have that miracle win against san antonio last night to stay in it uh that denver game at home i mean denver is just so crappy on the road that's going to be a huge one too but yeah i mean that's a lot of it whether they stay whether they win these first games to to stay in it towards the end or not so yeah they could easily still hit the under here i mean gallo has barely played at all for them he's gonna looks like he's gonna miss the rest of the year now with this hand injury i aggravated that again against the Spurs and Milos has been Beverly. out Pat Beverly injured himself early in the season Blake Griffin was hurt before he got traded that's right oh yeah Blake Griffin was on this team well wow. <laughs> uh yeah th- that's right he he missed time but he was a huge injury risk uh, we didn't really see all these great contributions that they've gotten from the two-way guys we didn't see the contribution of Harold who's been awesome uh Lou Williams has had a completely crazy year he, he won them another game against the Spurs yesterday so that's kind of where we went wrong here we, we felt like this team would be a lot better if healthy and would go over but they just would never be healthy and looks like that was a little bit wrong but uh kind of right too at the same time we'll see whether this ends up being correct i mean i think my prediction for them was 42 so and they have they hit they've hit 42 already right yeah they're 42 and 36 yeah. right now the lakers we're gonna miss that one 33 and a half i think the big story here is just that their defense has been better than i anticipated they are down to 14th now but some of that is due to even 
even though they don't have their own pick, just playing some suboptimal personnel, let's call it. And also just dealing with a bunch of injuries. I mean, Ingram's missed missed time now. Lonzo Ball has been out for a series for a, a couple of different stretches. And another just factor, which we talked about openly after what happened last year, was that the Lakers pushing a little harder due to not having their pick would help. Oh yeah, the, you'd be playing playing guys like forty minutes a game uh, who are coming off of injuries. Yeah. Like I mean, that we kind of we certainly harder. didn't expect that to be Kyle Kuzma, but. Yeah, no, no, I mean, and, and certainly a lot of their guys have played better. I mean, even Lonzo, despite his disappointing shooting, you know, rookie point guards are rarely actually valuable players, and he, they've, he's helped the team uh, by the numbers this year. Ingram has improved more than I expected last year. He was one of the more damaging offensive players in the league. He's gotten more efficient and increased his usage. Uh, Julius Randle's been way better than expected this year as well. But you're right, it really comes down to the defense, and I think that, that is, in particular on the guard line, has really been so much better with Lonzo KCP in particular that that backcourt has really helped a lot even like contributions from guys like Caruso is a, a good defender um Luol Deng played one game that actually probably ended up helping them <laughs> so yeah they're gonna go over by a little bit I mean it it always seems like their guys get a little overhyped and that's why you pick the under for them also the Isaiah Thomas trade helped them until Thomas had to go under the knife you know he shot it well I think he was he gave them some creation that they really needed like that was their hottest stretch oh but they but they traded franchise over. cornerstone Jordan Clarkson in that trade so well the other thing that did happen is Julius Randle I think has really exceeded our expectations and has helped them pull a couple of these games when other Lakers have been hurt and randall has just been able to help carry them a little bit and and i've been very impressed with his year yeah but really it most comes down to the defense i mean if you looked at this personality we thought they'd be a little better but i didn't see them getting out of the the 20s defensively given how bad they've been for years and years now and how young they were going to be but uh credit luke walton for that even if uh he does do some interesting strategic maneuvers in other ways memphis oh you know i wonder if they'd i mean if they'd been healthy you think there's any chance they would have hit this over yeah. can i just like cry foul about the yeah. health or or am i just like they just been so bad that even if conley if they played, got well the other injury that i think really did swing this and it's crazy that this ended up being at least slightly important was selden i it could just because the their two guard play other than tyreek early in the year was there but yeah if conley played 60 65 games they certainly could have gone over this there's a reason we picked it it was just that they got real rough injury look luck and when it turned it turned quickly and that that's a really good formula for getting a high draft pick is being ahead of the game in terms of the wheels coming off. And I'll tell you what, if I had known that JB Bickerstaff was going to be their coach for most of the year rather than David Fisdale, I probably would have gone under two. <laughs> now, I mean, I, part of that is outcome-based decision-making because if the coach gets fired, you're disappointing. But uh, I think he is clearly a downgrade on Fisdale relationship with Marcus Ole or no. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think they probably would have been right on the borderline if Conley had, had been healthy but part of that was both he and Gasol I mean they were huge injury question marks coming into last year and they both stayed really healthy the entire year and so maybe that well, I, and I picked their under last year for that reason and then got burned on it yeah and so did I and, and so I was like hey you know what like they actually uh, I didn't see any reason to think I, I kind of believed in some of their young guys I thought they would defend this year you know I mean that's been one of the biggest disappointments uh, obviously with Conley out but they really you know I think since essentially uh that's they started what seven and four or something 
uh since then they really just have not been trying and obviously the tank has uh certainly cost a, a couple of games here as well but uh, so i don't know i i i think if you're if they missed it by like almost 18 games 17 games or whatever it's going to be it's kind of hard to blame that just on the conley injury and gasol has been so much worse than we thought he would be too especially yeah. defensively this year it's uh definitely way wrong here's what's on interesting that one. i wouldn't be surprised at all if i go over on yeah. them next year yeah we'll see where they're at we'll see where they're at but then you know there's also the possibility of someone getting traded to next year if they really don't start that well but who who knows who's even going to own the team although mark stein had some interesting thoughts on that yeah like yesterday that. you might want to go back and listen to that one if you, if you haven't yet um minnesota this one was interesting i was feeling pretty damn good about this one and then jimmy butler got hurt uh they probably would have hit this 48.5 uh but they now cannot yeah, do they'll, so. they'll probably fall just short of it and i think to a point we were so i was a little just i just thought their ceiling was maybe not their ceiling but like their 75 percent outcome was a little bit lower than you did and that's why i ended up going under this is our first disagreement in the western conference and there was certainly a chance they were going to win 50 i just i just thought there were you know injuries were were one thing or just not working their offense being as good as it has been is is absolutely shocking to me i expected them to be more balanced in between the two maybe somewhere around 10th in offense and league average in defense i think is probably what i would have expected weren't they like 10th in offense last year maybe i don't remember my my thinking was they had the point differential i think of a 40 win team last year even though they only won 31 so they're really unlucky and then i was like isn't jimmy butler worth 10 wins uh over just the absolute flotsam that they had at small forward last year they had maybe the worst small forward or or shooting guard if you want to call wiggins a small forward last year situation in the league and so that was just such an upgrade to me i was like they've got to be better and when butler's been on the floor they've defended a little bit better they've defended a little bit better with the starters you knew tom thibodeau was certainly going to push hard and that was you know could be good for their over under or bad it turned turned out it was bad maybe especially because he pushed butler as hard as he did and he ended up getting injured i mean when when he was too tired to play the all-star game you knew that maybe that might be an indication that uh an injury could be coming uh but we'll see you know he's going to come back now they could come very close to this i actually had them winning 51 as it turned out um new orleans 39 and a half you're gonna get this one i had the under you had the over i guess it was a belief in anthony davis i, I liked a lot of their talent and if you told me cousins was gonna miss this much time i i probably would have gone with the under but drew holidays had a nice year ad has been an absolute monster i mean worked his way back into not winning the mvp in that conversation but into the top five conversation which is huge for him and huge for the pelicans and then their support players overall i think they've they've had a successful successful year when we knew Solomon Hill was we knew when we did this I believe that Hill was going to be out for a while we didn't know how long but we knew it was because I think he had torn his ham the hamstring issue had already happened I'm not 100% sure of that but I think so yeah I mean I think we knew it was kind of like similar right. to the Chris Middleton thing where he, he was might come back in February but um yeah they also traded for Miritich mm-hmm. mid-season though although that was after the Cousins injury though Miritich hasn't he was great today but he hasn't helped so, them that much though overall, the Pelicans going the for a win now move was not exactly a surprise that was the type of thing that you could project if they were even close no and and they did and so yeah i mean they'll they'll go over this they won't go over it by an absolute ton but you know what's probably about six wins seven wins over that so you know, it's, it's a, I, i'm pretty happy about it 
Yeah, I think in particular Davis and Holiday have been better than expected. And I can't cry bad luck either because they've had their point differential right around where they're going to finish, uh, you know, looking like 44 wins for, uh, or they're at 44 wins already here. So they could get to 46 even, um, maybe even more than that. And getting to 13th in defense and 15th in offense, I mean, a lot of that defensive improvement has been since Cousins went down. And Rondo hasn't killed them as much as I thought he would. Um, OKC, this is interesting, actually. 51 and a half. We did this. This is before the mellow trade, right? I believe the mellow trade happened after, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah. These over-unders came out like super early this year because we had to we break off. We did it when the lines came like, out. September. Yeah. So I think it was, yeah, which was like way earlier this year. And we were like, all right, I guess we have to do it now. Um, so yeah, actually, maybe this was before that we knew about the Solomon Hill injury. Uh, but yeah, so uh, OKC was 51 and a half. They are not going to get there. Um, when I found out about Mel, I actually bumped them to 54 wins, I think, from like 52 in my, or, or, or from 51, I think, from 51 to 53 or 4. And Mello's just sucked this year offensively. I didn't anticipate that that was going to happen. I thought he could at least hit a shot, uh, which has not been the case. Um, and, and then George is, is disappointed offensively to some degree. Westbrook, uh, we knew he would take a step back. We didn't anticipate that he's going to shoot like 70% from the foul line and, uh, you know, have a 45% true shooting after two months. Uh, there really were a lot of growing pains until he just got back to playing kind of the way he had been and everyone else fitting in around him so i think that's really where it's kind of gone wrong and then robertson going down as well though they've been largely healthy aside from just that one i can give you i can give you the other big one and this is was the exact rationale that i used to go under on them is last year they were this historically great clutch team yeah and it seemed completely unsustainable and so they outperformed what they were last year and yes they upgraded substantially but now this year they so they went from being one of the most successful clutch teams this year they're a little bit below water 1.5 wins below their expected total and it always seemed like that was unsustainable you know russell westbrook his brilliance won him an mvp a justified mvp if you want to do retroactive you you can't really do better than thinking about the thought process of the time than you and i doing i think it was 75 minutes on just the mvp last year yeah someone uh, i forget who i think it was howard beck actually on uh zach lowe's podcast saying hey you know what if russell westbrook is like so close to a triple double again this year you know how if you voted for him last year how are you not voting for him this year you better have an explanation i do have an explanation number one he's been way less efficient this year on way lower usage and uh, i mean that's really the the biggest thing and he hasn't had the same clutch performance as he had last year so that's that's the reason why he's not in the conversation this year to me and uh harden is an even stronger candidate than he was last year he was my number two last year yeah and also westbrook's clutch brilliance allowed them to play completely different personnel and those westbrook plus bench lineups defended like all get out and they were able to score enough and this year that wasn't the nature of their per- he, you know, he didn't swing it in that way partially because they had to play mellow and mellow has is not exactly as stout defensively as the guys they played last year so yeah I, I think there's clearly a line of division there and if robertson had been healthy i think they could have gone over this number pretty you know pretty easily not that it was it would have been a definite but you know i i can i'm i'm felt comfortable with the under because it felt like that was going to be the type of year that it was and they're having a solid season depending on how this turns out but that was just 51 and a half just seemed rich for me yeah and, and i mean i did have the under initially 
and I felt like it, it was the same reasons that you had. I mean, they were start adding Paul George was great, but they did give up some depth uh, as it turned out uh, with the Oladipo trade and then the Mel trade we didn't know about at the time. Uh, but then you know, expecting Paul George to add ten wins, yeah, you know, maybe you could get close there. But their bench also has struggled a little bit. Phoenix was twenty eight and a half. Uh, seems amazing to think of that because they are at twenty wins right now. Probably going to finish it at most at twenty one, and they've actually won three games more than expected. They're thirtieth in both offense and defense right now. So uh, yeah, I think we're right about that under. Yeah, and Booker has missed more time than I would have anticipated, and they trade traded Bledsoe earlier than I would have anticipated. Yeah, but... we did anticipate that there would be a trade for him, though. I yes. think that was part of this. Yeah, I thought that was going to be more around the deadline, and the Suns had great tank personnel because they have all these young guys that are still figuring things out and they had some talented players that you could see minimized which i think they've done with jared dudley to a point and then tj warren it's happened largely due to injury so yeah i think this season maybe it's been a more extreme version but it followed the general arc that i expected yeah i mean watson getting fired after three games even we probably didn't (laughs) predict that portland this wasn't one that we differed on that much but i had them slightly going over the 42 and a half you had them as under what was your rationale for going under with them they've had ridiculous health luck with damon cj and i knew there was always a risk with nurkic and so it was basically the idea of well how many games are they going to lose particularly with damon cj and lillard has missed more time i mean he's probably going to end up around 72 but cj is again going to be in the in the 80s i believe and he was suspended for the first game of the year so because that stupid getting off the bench and a preseason game thing so i just thought that like you know this was on uh, in terms of expected value it was right right on line but i've always kind of believed in the law of averages for that i didn't know anything particular about their medical staff being adept at that and so they have been healthy largely again this year they did miss aminu for a stretch they've missed harkless now but overall i think that's been true and willard's had a much better year i mean i think he's really he really has taken a step this year and a lot of their other support players i mean nurkic is having a better year than i anticipated as well yeah and you know i was lower on them than a lot of people i mean i think people in portland thought that they would be in the high 40s and as it turned out they were correct it didn't look that way early as you'll recall and a big part of why i was lower on them despite picking their over just barely i had them for 43 wins was that i thought they were just really going to struggle offensively with the lack of shooting and they did and then they kind of changed the scheme around more high pick and rolls turner was minimized they were able to get something out of Connaughton. they got a much better season from napier uh, than expected uh another reason why uh, they had a much better season eventually from Harkless Aminu uh, who had the shot from three in 2016 lost it last year and then got it back this year you know that was a big part of it too uh, Ed Davis was back you know he missed a, a fair amount of time last year so uh, obviously they've gone way over even more so than I expected but I, I will chalk that one up in the win column another big loss for us was San Antonio 54 and a half seemed comically low and at this point obviously we had no hint of this Kawhi Leonard tendinopathy he I think was my pick for MVP early before we found out uh, about this and then you know he was supposed to come back after like a month or something was the thought of the Spurs were never particularly concrete on a timetable so I I think they I mean what are they going to end up at like 46 47 something like that I guess they lost tonight right so yeah they did and Kawhi um, Leonard has played 210 minutes this season yeah and while he does usually miss you know like 10 games 15 games due to both rest and conservatism and and getting hurt we didn't think that it would get to this level i think had he played you know he's a 10 win player i think they would have gone over uh, anyway and worth noting i guess that they oh you know what actually this is surprising this was the case earlier in the year that they were really outperforming their point differential but now 
now they actually uh, have underperformed uh, their point differential by uh, 1.4 wins yeah they're losing all these road games close yeah they've blown a bunch of close games uh after doing so well early in the season so yeah i mean if they finished with 47 i think you know a full season of Kawhi leonard would have been worth seven wins although they have really gotten more from aldridge than i think would have been anticipated this season and uh the defense i mean the fact that the defense has been at this level um is just incredible obviously they're going to struggle offensively with the personnel that they have sacramento kings this is the last of the ones we disagreed on i turned on sacramento before the season started because after i watched them in the preseason but i had not at this point it was like the oh i tried to convince you you did you really did and i'm just like if you had listened to me you would have beaten me that's true I would have and I thought George Hill I'm like oh he's gonna help they won't have to rely as much on on Fox and the young guys they'll have it wasn't as much Zebo because I thought Zebo was pretty close to wash and you know Vince is being a support player and it, it just I mean once I saw the preseason I'm like oh my god they're not gonna score they're not gonna defend but doing this as early as we did it was still I, I've had this with the Kings a couple of times where I was like oh they're not gonna be as bad as everybody thinks and yeah their offseason was didn't work out but they have some talent and yeah I was wrong I will eat this one absolutely unequivocally well and the hilarious part of it too i mean we talked about phoenix is 30th in both offense and defense sacramento was 30th in offense and defense for a time and they have actually it's pretty funny that phoenix and sacramento both of those teams that have been way luckier than expected phoenix is the sixth luckiest team and sacramento is the second luckiest team that's actually gone down a little bit with some of their tanking recently but they've won 4.5 games more than expected to get to their 25 wins right now but they will certainly go under still there i i have them at 26 wins i can't believe given how bad they have been that i actually was correct about that but yeah i yeah, mean you might get that you might get that on the button if they beat memphis in that spectacularly awful game that's coming yeah i, I watched dallas orlando today i'm not doing any more double tank games maybe on the last day of the season depending on like where we're at because uh, that oh that do you Philly, know which games on the last game of the season uh dallas phoenix yep oh man and that well but phoenix the may have it sewn up though that's the only the well, only danger if, there they won't have anything memphis, to play for <laughs> if memphis if this loses to Sacramento, then that game could determine whether there's a tie for the most ping pong balls. But otherwise, you're right. Yeah, if Memphis, basically, if Memphis, you kind of have to root if you want that game to be intriguing. You have to root for Memphis to lose out, but we'll see. Yeah, we and we use the word intriguing very loosely. So, had Utah 10th in the West at 41 wins, only barely over their 40.5, I think, and they've largely done it the way we expected. Uh, defensively, I thought they'd be a top five unit. I, I thought they'd actually might be improved over last year we thought mitchell would be really good defensively cephalosha remember him uh he's been out for the year for a few months now but we thought they were going to really get a lot of steals rubio uh was probably an upgrade over what hill gave them last year at the point so and gobert missed this time but nonetheless i mean they've been the number two defense but number one since gobert came back by a mile and uh then offensively for them really to get to the middle of the pack 17th this year i mean uh, we thought that you know they're going to be mired in the 20s most likely and what we missed on there was that donovan mitchell would be so brilliant and also i think that they would find a better equilibrium with the favors gobert minutes combined and that only happened really in the second half of the season the first half was i think somewhat similar to expectations in terms of those two guys and then when gobert got back from injury favors had activated a little bit when gobert was out and they've looked a lot better during that stretch and they've been just demolishing people yeah and they've gotten more out of rubio uh, shooting the ball joe ingles continues to improve his shooting stroke every year uh, getting his three-point attempt rate uh, 
to so, improve. Some nice stretches from Ekpe Udo early in the year, I think, will help them get some early wins. Yeah. Uh, so Utah, they're going to finish. They're projected for 47 right now. They've already gone over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I think really the biggest thing that we missed on was just Mitchell. Uh, you know, that's like, yep. that, that accounts for probably 75% of where we went wrong here. We also, we didn't know that Dante Exum was going to miss time, but, you know, they've been relatively healthy over the course of the year. I mean, Gobert has missed, you know, what, like, he's going to end up missing like 25 games. I think he's uh, on pace to play 56. So, yeah, he'll have missed uh, 26 games. That's not, you know, a ridiculous amount. And they have pretty decent depth there, even though they didn't defend as well without him. Uh, so, what are the final stats here for us right now? We, we've won 16. We, we Well, first of all, we're going to be identical, right? Because We are, because there were six disagreements and we split those. So we we have that. So each of us has 16 wins that are basically locked in now. There are one or two that aren't totally settled, but I feel pretty confident in. Then there are 11 that we are not going to take. And there are three that are up in the air. Those three, Detroit needs to win two out of four to go over, which would make us right. Denver needs to win three out of four to go over, which would make us right. And the Clippers can win two out of four to go over, which would make both of us wrong. Yeah, so I'm going to guess we're going to finish 17 and 13. I think Denver and the Clippers probably won't hit for us, and Detroit probably will, would be my guess. But that's not bad. Not as good as... I think you're about the same as last year. I think I might have been like 19 or 20 last year. Um you did better on your best bets, well, right? I think s- oh, yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. Yeah, I, I I, did. I did do better on the best bets. So neither of us got our number one correct because we both picked San Antonio. Oops. Yeah, to go under. Then yeah. you got you got your number two, which was the Boston under. My number two was the Philly under. And then we flip-flopped that for, for three. So you got your two right. I got my three right. And then at four, you picked the Memphis over. That didn't happen. I picked the Phoenix under, which did. And then we both got our fifth right. Milwaukee under was your call. Mine was the Knicks under so I went three I went three out of five you went two out of five yeah I mean this is this is tough to do I, I mean I think it's we almost seem to do better just in the aggregate with the whole league than trying to pick like what we think our best bets are yeah I would say I would say that's true it would also I, I wonder I don't think there's necessarily we would ever have the time to do this that if we did these like right before the season even as the numbers change with everybody else that we would learn more in the preseason I think than a lot of other than the line would so like for example I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten the Kings wrong in that in that sort of a circumstance because if I saw them and knew they were awful and that's not you know that it's a different challenge it's it, it is its own thing but you know, I, I think I, we have, I, I feel like I have more of an advantage doing it right at the start when the lines come up that's why I like doing it right away also just because it's more interesting than uh, to do it it is more interesting and that's why we do it that way I like yeah I, mean, I, I like to kind of because I I feel that most of the time things move in the direction of like what our picks would be so that's why I like doing it right away although a lot of those ones that have moved haven't really you know like charlotte moved a ton i think i can't remember it was last year or two years ago and and we didn't end up winning on those anyway i think i might actually you know get off of charlotte's over this year for once um what do you think is your smartest pick i think my logic on okc was really sound and the idea that they had outperformed their point differential and i you know it could have gone differently if robertson hadn't if robertson hadn't missed as much time but the process there i think was really good yeah i thought my smartest pick was probably washington um just thinking hey their health is not going to be as good this year uh, and therefore you know they're going to take more than just a, a one game reduction because they were just so incredibly healthy with that starting lineup and, and also because and their bench actually ended up being better this year than i thought they would be but we thought like without wall historically they've been horrible and, and as it turned out they did better than expected without him for all this time but still they also you know did miss him um so that would probably be the one that that i would look at uh sac 
Sacramento under being the other. Yeah, Kings over is my worst one. <laughs> that, that's just that's just bad. I, I I feel so much shame with that one. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think of the one because it, it's always a question, right? Like, do you pick your dumbest pick as like, oh, I was so sure uh, about this, and then like I I ended up being completely wrong, or is your dumbest like the Philly under? Yeah, or is the, your dumbest one the the one where you're like, ah, you know, I kind of wanted to pick this, but then I didn't. You know, is that your dumbest one? But I didn't really have many of those this year. I mean, I would probably say Philly just because. And, and now keep in mind, we hadn't seen Ben Simmons even play in the preseason yet. You know, that might have made us feel a little better. And he didn't play he only played like two games in summer league is yeah. that right uh two years ago he didn't play at all in summer league in 2017 that's right um i think he played maybe like three or four games in, in 2016 summer league but then and then Embiid, remember i think he really like hadn't been cleared until like the middle of training camp from just what was supposed to be like a normal meniscus scope so like that was it was worrisome we didn't even know for sure that he was gonna be ready to start the season at that at the point we were doing this in mid-september but for uh i mean just to get i was just so wrong on everyone on philly i mean everyone exceeded my expectations so that's that's probably gonna be it indiana would be number two again you know just not seeing oladipo though i, I don't feel bad about that because no one else really saw it either um yeah and then i had memphis for 42 wins i was pretty dumb too <laughs> i mean i was i was like that they were one of my best bets for going over which was uh didn't turn out um any that you would look at as a bad beat not really spurs I mean, would you probably could say, be it for me spurs would probably be the closest there's an argument to be made with the warriors but they you know yeah they weren't playing like you know just a no. dominant style anyway i mean like they might have come close to it and especially because i was like oh they're gonna win 69 you know i wasn't even like right at the number either right yeah them. so i would say that's probably the the clo- the closest would be the spurs because Kawhi. i mean if we yeah. had known the severity of that injury and they they missed a lot of other guys i mean danny green missed a series of time this year also all sorts of different Tony Parker. yeah yeah but we knew so. parker would be out for uh, sure a time and i didn't think that he was an enormous loss anyway uh lucky win what was our luckiest win i think it might be detroit if if that goes over i would say boston no but reggie boston. jackson it's gotta be boston oh right? yeah well yeah if we're if we're yeah yeah that's a good call yeah we shouldn't have won that one um what was your best win over me i'm actually so i'm most satisfied with the pelicans because i believe that's the one where we disagreed most strongly because the 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 pacers one i was kind of namby pamby of like oh you know i i think they could be better but with the pelicans i just had a belief on what they were as a team and i think that belief was largely right yeah my best win over you was obviously sacramento um, oh god and, and uh, new orleans i mean uh, frankly the cousins injury like it's new orleans right they always have these injuries hills injury right like that was a big part of it too i was like oh th- things always go wrong for them you know that was a big part of my rationale so i still don't feel that badly about it you know some of their guys have played a little bit better i think gentry and his staff they've got chris finch now have done a better job than in years past which has helped some too um but yeah so so you would say new orleans what what was the let's just sum up the ones that we differed on i had atlanta under yeah 25 and a half you had them over yeah atlanta under 25 and a half you got right indiana i said over 31 and a half and got that right minnesota 48 and a half I said under and got it right. New Orleans, 39 and a half. I said over and got it right. Portland, 42 and a half. You said over and got it right. Sacramento, 28 and a half. You said under and got it right. Yeah, I think on the ones that we differed on, like you're going to be more extreme.
extremely right on those you know with indiana for example being over you know if you get credit for their like 15 wins over expectations because you said over which obviously and new orleans will be like expected, seven yeah new orleans will be seven portland will maybe get a little of that back for me sacramento would have if they had just not been so lucky this year and then atlanta and minnesota are both pretty close um all right you want to catch us up uh, on the latest in the playoffs tonight so uh let's just go quickly through tonight's results first and then we can talk about what the effect was sure so philly worked detroit early ended up closing it out by seven so just just a win they needed to get and got orlando winning the double tank against dallas 100 105 to 100 miami doing what they should do against atlanta 115 86 toronto beating boston in just a gross game for the most part 96 78 new orleans taking care of business against memphis 123 95 and that super weird lakers spurs game with the ad break and luke (laughs) walton calling for an intentional foul so kyle kuzma could put his shoe back on the lakers win in overtime 122 to 112 over the spurs yeah that's a rough loss for the spurs yeah it is especially because they're they're playing like channing fry down the end fry played pretty well actually even at power forward and zubac yeah zubac wasn't bad Uh, i mean luke walton stuck with the hot unit and it kind of played it off he stuck with the hot unit i mean they should have gone back to julius randall at the bare minimum well and and case or kcp i think was even more so sure because he'd been because randall hadn't been playing that well kcp had been playing awesome and then they just you know you can't stick with the ois going with the hot hand and, and take him out of the game but anyway so what effect does that have now on uh, everything you know 30 second summary here Toronto basically locks in the one. Boston basically locks in the two. Portland basically locks in the three. A lot more of a cluster now after that. Spurs have 34 wins along with the Thunder, Wolves, and Pels. Utah now at 33 has a pretty solid Sorry, losses. Sorry, losses, yeah. I'll do the loss column with good teams. Utah now at 33. If they take care of business, they can get to the four. Probably not the three, maybe. And then in the tank, you know, now there's that two-game separation. So you have Phoenix at 20 wins, Memphis at 20 and atlanta at 22 and then nobody at 23 orlando and dallas at 24 so i think we know who the three top ping pong ball teams are going to be we just don't necessarily know what order they're going to be in yeah and the sun's in the driver's seat obviously uh for the number one overall seed in the lottery let's uh, do a little bit of news here start with grassroots basketball adidas is pulling out of some of our favorite events actually due to the scandal that they have had uh the euro camp at least for now is no more it will be rebranded as the nba elite international camp and will still take place in treviso during the nba finals which sucks because i really would like to go to that but now that i cover the nba finals i can no longer do that so and it actually might be a little bit longer this year too it looks like it's going to be four days and the nba is going to run it they're going to get hopefully more players in there hopefully there'll be just as many young players as there used to be but some of the shoe contract politics prevented players uh, from coming to that adidas branded camp now that won't be the case anymore so hopefully they can get a better attendance there and it's going to be live stream too if you're actually interested in seeing some of these young european prospects guys who might be in the draft uh, i'm going to hope to at least catch a little bit of that uh in charlotte as uh we talked about last night the charlotte hornets have formally offered their gm post to mitch kupchak as reported by mark stein and then Woj having today that they are nearing completion on a contract there uh what's going on in chicago nobody's playing the rest of the year (laughs) 
Levine and Dunn are formally out. That was if only they could have actually forfeited, then maybe they would have a much better draft. They pick. would. So Levine and Dunn are out for the year. We expected that. Denzel Valentine is having a debridement on his left knee. The concern there is that he had that same knee scoped during his senior season at Michigan State. He missed four games then, and he will. Have... Yeah, this is his third knee surgery now. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely for, concerning. For him. And, and you remember in the draft prospects, he was kind of dinged for that. Uh, you know, I don't know if he fell any lower than he would have because uh, he wasn't really talked about much earlier than the end of the lottery in that draft but nonetheless uh this is a concern not really that explosive of a guy he also had ankle surgery last year so this is uh, for a guy who wasn't really looking that promising especially because you know he's shown the ability to hit some spot up shots and a floater or two but other than that has not shown a ton of skill in his nba career so that's not looking like a great draft pick for the bulls that as of this point we'll see whether he ends up playing in summer league you have to guess probably not and this is third year going into his yeah. third year something that has been speculated around the warriors for a while now is that quinn cook is going to get a playoff spot and that is basically it's not done now but it's as close as it's going to be before it actually gets done they're working on a multi-year deal which basically it's going to be two years at the minimum with the second year being fully guaranteed that is all the warriors can offer with the minimum exception the logic there for both teams is kind of a risk mitigation for the warriors it's mitigation that is a restricted free agent cook would have got could have gotten a better offer sheet than this and for cook it's a year of guaranteed salary which is pretty awesome for somebody who has toiled a lot around and this is i believe this is age 24 season so to get 1.8 or i think it's about 1.8 million 1.65 something like that for next year for him is the biggest money he's ever made in his career yeah and there was actually a risk if they had just converted him and let him be a restricted free agent this summer he plays well in the playoffs maybe someone would want to bring him in as a backup point guard and they would either have to they would have to dig into their taxpayer mid-level and if it were a four-year offer sheet they would just have had no way to match it at all because for most of these guys they've been on the team for their first two years of experience and so they have early bird rights and they can match anything under the arenas provision but since they would only have non-bird rights on cook they wouldn't be able to do that they would just only be able to pay up to three years starting at the mini mid-level which will be a you know 5.5 million or so this year to start with um and now they'll at least have him as a restricted free agent after next year as well though he won't be arenas limited and so i think this is a good deal for the warriors he's played well enough already that i think you can feel fine about having him as a guaranteed contract for next year probably would be movable as well if there were ending up uh, some tax concerns uh gives them some insurance as well if they wanted to say move sean livingston uh, for tax reasons next year also uh for golden state draymond green rolled his ankle during that win against oklahoma city says he'll be fine green usually these ankle sprains don't seem to slow him down much but certainly he's been quite beat up this year in cleveland ty Lu is going to return to the bench he's been around the team more in the past week they've gone eight and one in his absence but tomorrow against washington he will make his return good to see him back uh, on the bench and then in dallas nerland's noel his season is over because he's been suspended five games for violating the anti-drug program at five game suspension means marijuana and that means you all already have have to have failed two tests before that tabo cephalosha also got dinged for that as well and so this is not the greatest way for nerland to end the year though ricarlo was certainly effusive about praising him and how much better he's been since he returned from that thumb injury but it's just it's kind of one of these things where if you wonder why he hasn't quite reached his potential and you know i'm not one of these people like oh man smoking weed is so bad like you know it's legal in half the country basically now but it's still if you can't be disciplined enough about that 
that to either a not smoke when it's your livelihood or b just manage to not get caught like you know the significant percentage of the nba that clearly does smoke marijuana uh that's not really that great either also for dallas uh, dirk Nowitzki is not on this road trip with the mavs didn't play obviously in the double tank game against the mavs or i'm sorry against the magic tonight and won't play against detroit in a couple days either officially listed with an ankle impingement Jimmy Butler will be back soon, possibly as soon as the game against the Nuggets. There's a weird element of it that it sounds like Tibbs doesn't want to play him on this back-to-back that they have. But the logic there, if you're thinking about it kind of from a from a deeper tactical perspective, would be to play Jimmy Butler in their game in Denver and then sit him at the Lakers. But for whatever reason, it sounds like that might not be what Tibbs does. He's listed as doubtful for Thursday uh, as of now, um, but has been taking place uh, or taking part i should say in five on five action in brooklyn uh, isaiah whitehead who has played little this year and you have to imagine it's going to be a, a release candidate over the summer had ligament surgery on his right wrist ryan anderson sprained his ankle on tuesday he will not play against portland and damian lillard will not play against houston on thursday either because he sprained his ankle in their ugly loss against dallas he's considered day to day right now they do probably need one more win to secure that third seed if they can get one more win then utah would have to win out including beating them in the last game of the year uh, to take it uh the third seed and that's the only team that could take it from them at this point so they'll probably they have tough games still in theory although you never know what the incentives for those teams are going to be when they actually reach those games uh so it, it he was able to finish the game but then and they wanted to win that one obviously it mattered it wasn't a useless game but he actually was carted out of the arena because it swelled up and got a lot more painful on him after the game was over um they've got san antonio at denver and then hosting utah as their final three games after houston tomorrow it was a lucrative couple days for kelly olinick he got a four hundred thousand dollar bonus for miami clinching a playoff berth which they did earlier in the week and then tonight against atlanta he played two minutes which got him over the 1700 minute threshold which tied in another million dollar bonus so that's pretty awesome for him lonzo ball continues to sit with that left knee contusion he's basically luke walton said he's not going to play again until uh it doesn't hurt um he's going to miss at least the next game as well and then uh, brandon ingram remains in the concussion protocol considering that he would have to rebuild his stamina again you have to imagine there's some thought that he'll just miss the rest of the season at this point also in miami you mentioned olenic hassan whiteside backtracking after getting fined for uh his profanity laced tirade about not playing says he was frustrated because they lost and he trusts the coach's decision and also worth noting that the Heat have all the tiebreakers in that three-way morass, six through eight, between them, the Bucks, and the Wizards. I don't think we know the severity yet, but in tonight's win over Memphis, Ian Clark sprained his ankle, and he has been a, a very useful bench player for the Pelicans. So yeah. hope to have him back. And as we've said a couple times, they have a challenging remaining schedule. They play, they have a game against Phoenix that isn't as important, but then the Warriors, the Clips, and the Spurs. So they're going to they're going to really use him if they can get him back. Troy Williams, whom the Knicks signed to a rest of season contract contract he, out of uh the g league suffered a fractured jaw uh, on saturday he's gonna miss the rest of the season obviously and john isaac now left ankle injury after suffering a right ankle injury and then having some other lower extremity injuries i think it was a sore left foot uh didn't play tonight you have to imagine again another potential shutdown can it and then dario Saric has missed a couple making philly's continued run all the more impressive uh he hopes to be back on friday on that massive showdown against the 
the Cavaliers. Did we already talk about John Isaac? I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, I just did. So I, I don't have, I don't have any I don't have anything to so, plug. Well, a couple yeah. things we can plug. One, we already early released what will be tomorrow's podcast for Patreon subscribers. So if you really have a long day on Thursday and you want to go through it that way, you can listen to one on the way in and one on the way back. And we'll probably do some other early release stuff in the near term as as you and I are preparing it. Uh, I might do a Danny story time, and then also I might as well announce this now. It's been I've been working on it for a while, but my off-season previews, as many of you know, I do them for all 30 teams, and we will do podcasts on it. Those will be at The Athletic this year, as I am now a staff writer covering NBA stuff. It's not really a surprise that it's there, but I'll announce it, and those are probably going to start coming out mid-April. I've already started writing them, but we're working through the editorial process and everything. I Last night, I got depressed because I was writing the Pistons one, and I was just like, oh god, they have no flexibility, and so you have those ones early on, because sometimes the teams that have less going on, you do early and then teams that are either in the playoffs or it could be lottery teams you do late yeah they don't have much going on uh but we have lots going on thanks for staying with us we're going to do awards uh, for sunday night and then got a lot of great content coming next year we still have to look over uh, the rest of our predictions see how those t- turned out as well that we did a little of that here already today this is uh, always fun going back and looking at how wrong we were so i hope you, you guys enjoyed it and uh, we'll talk to y'all on sunday night till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.